Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 214. Do you suffer from tunnel vision? Whenever I thought up that title a little while ago, I automatically thought of someone I encountered many years ago. This person was very strong in their beliefs where there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what was so concerning was at certain points, it was as if the person was walking through a situation and had literal blunders on the sides of their eyes so that all they could see was what they thought was the only possible direction. That's tunnel vision. And we all can fall into that trap. And in today's story, we see an example of that that could have turned out deadly. It didn't, as far as we know. But it definitely could have. So we've been walking our way through 2 Samuel for quite some time. And we've been walking our way through the conflict between King David and his son Absalom. Absalom plotted for years. He worked behind David's back in order to get the approval and allegiance of a good portion of the Israelites. And with the help of Ahithophel, who we've talked about multiple times now, he performed a coup. And David left Jerusalem in order to not have Jerusalem destroyed as a result of their conflict. And we saw that when they finally literally went to battle against each other. I think it was over 20,000 men were killed. Like, seriously, this family feud that turned deadly on steroids. Just just awful. Just awful. And so, in the battle, David had been very specific. Even though David knew that Absalom's goal was to have him killed. And that Absalom was not going to stop. Absalom had tunnel vision. So Absalom had tunnel vision because he wanted to kill King David. And that would complete his revenge as well as that would cement him as the king of Israel. But that didn't work out. But David, being the father, was concerned about young Absalom, as he calls him. And he specifically told his commanders to spare Absalom's life. But Joab, who has a mind of his own, just took it upon himself, thinking that the king was being too sentimental. He made sure that Absalom died. And we pick up the story now with what happens just after that. And I'm going to flashback to another death announcement that happened earlier in the book of 2 Samuel. 
And it was when a messenger was so excited to come tell David that King Saul and Jonathan, his son, had been killed in battle, thinking that that was what David would want to hear, thinking that since Saul had been stalking David for 10 years, that David would be thrilled to know that Saul was dead. Not really thinking that much about Jonathan's part of it, but really about Saul. And that person thought that they were going to come and tell David, and then they took credit for killing him, which was not correct, but took the credit for it, and they were killed as a result. Well, it seems like Ahimaaz, our main character in today's story, didn't hear about that. Either that, or just like in this narrative of today, where he's got tunnel vision, he had heard about it, but he thought, oh, this is going to be different. So Ahimaaz, I have a hard time saying that word because obviously that's not a, a name that we use in our modern culture. But let's start out, and this is 2 Samuel 18, verses 19 through 33, and our focal verses will be right at the beginning. 19 through 20 and 22 through 23. So it says, Then Zadok's son Ahimaaz said, Let me run to the king with the good news that the Lord has rescued him from his enemies. So that was Ahimaaz's tunnel vision moment, or at least the beginning of it, where in his mind, David was going to be so excited that Absalom and the other Israelites had been defeated that he believed that getting the opportunity to be the one to go tell the king more than likely would get him some sort of reward. Verse 20, no, Joab told him, it wouldn't be good news to the king that his son is dead. You can be my messenger another time, but not today. Then Joab said to, the man, to a man from Ethiopia, go and tell the king what you've seen. And the man bowed and ran off. Verse 22, but Ahimaaz continued to plead with Joab, whatever happens, please let me go too. Why should you go, my son? Joab replied, there will be no reward for your news. Yes, but let me go anyway, he begged. Joab finally said, all right, go ahead. So Ahimaaz took the less demanding route by the way of the plain and ran to Mahanam ahead of the Ethiopian. While David was sitting between the inner and outer gates of the town, the watchman climbed to the roof of the gateway by the wall. As he looked, he saw a lone man running toward them. He shouted the news down to David, and the king replied, If he is alone, he has news. As the messenger came closer, the watchman saw another man running toward them. He shouted down, Here comes another one. The king replied, he also will have news. The first man looks, runs like Ahimaaz, son of Zadok. The watchman said, he's a good man and comes with good news, the king replied. Then Ahimaaz cried out to the king, everything is all right. He bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said, praise to the Lord your God, who has handed over the rebels who dared to stand against my lord the king. What about young Absalom, the king demanded. Is he all right? Ahimaaz replied, 
When Joab told me to come, there was a lot of commotion, but I didn't know what was happening. Wait here, the king told him, so Ahimaaz stepped aside. Then the man from Ethiopia arrived and said, I have good news for my lord the king. Today the Lord has rescued you from all those who rebelled against you. What about young Absalom, the king demanded. Is he all right? And the Ethiopian replied, May all of your enemies, my lord the king, both now and in the future, share the fate of that young man. The king was overcome with emotion. He went out of the room over to the gate, over the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went, he cried, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And we will talk about David's grief and Joab's intervention next week. But in this passage today, we see Ahimaaz and his struggle with tunnel vision. He starts out the story wanting to be the one to bring the good news to the king. And he is blessed to have Joab, Joab who is David's commander of his army. This is not like some random person that didn't have insight into what David would want to hear and wouldn't want to hear. Joab is telling Ahimaaz, this is not going to turn out the way you think it is. You think you're bringing good news, but David is not going to consider it good news. You need to just stay behind. But Ahimaaz has tunnel vision. And even though he is told by somebody he, he knows has insight into David, he's not hearing. So not only does he have tunnel vision, but he has selective hearing, it would appear. Because even though Joab is telling him, you're not going to get a reward if that's what you think, you know, if that's why you want to run this errand and give this news, you're not going to get a reward at the end. You need to just let it go. Ahimaaz was not going to let it go. And each time I've read it, even though I now know that these two men, it seems, live, as opposed to the messenger who told David about Saul and Jonathan, I think it's miraculous that they lived. I think it the only reason that they lived was because David was so overcome with emotion and his grief kept him from having them killed for bringing such bad news because that's just how it was. I mean, that's what he did with the other man. He thought that the man had killed Saul, but still, if I knew the story from history of how David had responded to news previously, I wouldn't be the one signing up to run. It's about three miles. I wouldn't be signing up to run the 5K, so to speak, in order to tell David any kind of news, even if I thought there might be a reward, because it would be such a risk. So how in the world do we apply this story, random story, 
to your life and to mine. Well, how many times do you get something in your head? <laughs> and even when you are presented with the facts, you already have this narrative running through your mind and you will not be deterred. You see it one way. And even if you were to have a list of helpful advisors all stand up and tell you this is not what really is going on, you are so intent that how you see it is the only right way that you can walk yourself into what can be disaster. I pulled up some verses at the end of Proverbs 15. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. All of us, every last one of us, need to be reminded that we are not the oh wise one. Like, I don't care if you are a new baby Christian or you have walked with the Lord for 70 years. You still do not have the wisdom of God. And you still need to be listening to opinions of those around you. That does not mean that you take what they say as the gospel truth. But God uses his word. He uses other believers. He uses the church. He uses his own voice speaking inside of you to guide you if you are willing to hear. But so many times I think God probably does not guide us and does not tell us anything because he knows we're not going to listen anyway. We've already made our mind up that we know which person is right, which job is right, which direction is right, either for ourselves or for somebody else for that matter, where we become the expert on somebody else. And so may this narrative today be a humility check. You know, is there an area of your life that you are struggling with tunnel vision? And you may go, oh, no, that's not me. Well, I ask you to step back and pray and ask the Lord to expose any areas of tunnel vision in your life. That's your weekly assignment feature. Because just as I ask you to pray Psalm 139, 23 through 24 over and over and over again, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. Sometimes we struggle with tunnel vision and we have no idea. Now, others around us are very much aware of that. But we can be so mule-headed that we refuse to even think that we could not be seeing all of a situation.
Is any of this ringing true in your mind? Are you thinking of somebody that you know that struggles with tunnel vision? And you may. You may very well know someone who seems to not see any perspective besides themselves and think that's the only way. Not being open to the vision of others and or the voice of God himself. But I fear that you and I can fall into that trap just as easily as the, the guy next door. Where we can be like a Hymaeus and see something from a certain perspective, remember, he thought this was good news and he was going to be the one to tell David. And even when Joab, who knew David well, was trusted by David and told Ahimez, David is not going to consider this good news because he's not going to be pleased that Absalom died. And yet Ahimez ignored that and had in his mind that this was going to be good news and probably that he was going to get a reward and he took off. Now, why he didn't tell David about Absalom, either he didn't know, which I really have a hard time with that, or the way David asked, because David asked, what about young Absalom? The king demanded, is he all right? Maybe Ahimeaz woke up in that moment and went, whoops, I don't want to be the one to tell him. I, I don't know. I don't know. But in your life today, I pray that God will expose any area of tunnel vision, any area where you just are bound and determined that your way has to be the only right way and you will not listen to reasonable voices of others and or refuse to even ask the Lord your God. Because why trouble him if you know what you're doing already? This one is one of those podcasts that I'm not going to take it much further because this one was one that was cut and dry. It's one of those that I just want you to marinate on. And I want you to ask the Lord, ask him to expose any areas of tunnel vision in your life. Because that needs to be addressed because any area of tunnel vision keeps you from becoming all God created you to be and can be a stumbling block to others finding their way. Because if they're following you and you are not on the straight and narrow, but think that you are, this disaster can be multiplied. What if a Hymaeus has had other people following him because he seemed so excited and seemed to have the right stuff, so to speak? And others had followed him, and David had taken the time to let him know that this was not good news. You just never know. 
and we have this one life to live. And I don't know about you, but I want to live it with my spiritual eyes wide open. I may not like what I see all the time, and I may not like the direction that I need to go. But I surely don't want to stand before God and have missed out on opportunity upon opportunity upon opportunity and have caused others to stumble over me because I refuse to have my spiritual eyes open to the way the Lord wants me to walk. So thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is free to share. Uh, I'm now in social media posting the Podbean link, which is where you will also find uh, the original 50 episodes. Uh, This podcast began under a different title, A Country Girl in a City World Loving Jesus, and has changed to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus, oh, well, quite some time ago. But we've got all of those podcasts on Podbean. We've got a Twitter feed, Instagram feed, Facebook group. Still have the YouTube channel that has the videos that I recorded regarding the book of Joshua. And one of these days I'll get back to trying to record some other things for the YouTube channel. If you've got any suggestions or questions, you can write me and encouraging others in loving Jesus at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm-hmm.